Ahoy there. That's how you wanted to start. <laughs> yo, 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 yo. Welcome to the Amrikis Podcast. Podcast! With your hosts, Muhammad and Ihab. Welcome. Hello. Uh, it's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. Um, Since I could. <laughs> so I, I think the. Um, the last one was pretty short. It was, it was short. It was a good experience, though. It was a good experiment. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think a lot of people... Why? Oh, never mind. Why did you do that? <laughs> My bad. So, in an effort to make editing these things a little easier, Hamid's showing me all these cool things that you can do while we're recording, like marking errors. And then he marked... As an, we go. He marked an error earlier, and I'm like... <laughs> Why? I saw you roll your eyes when I, you said something. I actually something. took it a little personally. <laughs> you rolled your eyes when you said it. Sounds like it sounds like you didn't like what he said. Nah, nah. Um, nah, when, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> when, uh, when I want you to mark it, I'll just do one of these. <laughs> At that point, we don't even need to mark it. We just go to all the parts that say do-do-do-do. So, all right. So, let's do this intro real quick. And it's not really planned, but I was... Um, I wanted to talk just very briefly about you and I and our relationship to the Arabic language. Sure. Uh, because we don't often uh, talk to each other in Arabic. Like we use right. one or two words to describe uh, certain things that you cannot do in English. Sure. Like but, hatta. Or yani or ghalaba or hamal jmile. Yeah. And sometimes you use it incorrectly. Which... I mean, I think most of the time I use it incorrectly, but it's it's just perfect filler. Uh, the biggest one, though, I think that we use is غلبه, which literally means burden, but it yeah. doesn't burden as a word doesn't really reflect exactly what what that word means. It's like an uh, unnecessary inconvenience, unnecessary, unavoid, avoidable yeah. inconvenience yeah. that you don't have to put yourself in. It's also like something that you do that almost like demeans you or lowers your value and therefore you should avoid it. You know, sure, some, sure. There's a little sometimes, implication sometimes to that. Sometimes, yeah, that could definitely work. And so all these things kind of, like, we could say that in English, but sometimes we just rather would just use one or two words. What's, give us now, now that you've given us a definition, what, use it in a sentence. Um, don't rent a car that's such a relevant, I'll come pick you up. There you go. Something like that. All right. Or whatever. But uh, for the longest time, Ham and I did not speak Arabic to each other. We didn't even know how we both sounded until... Do you remember? How we sounded in speaking Arabic? Yes, yeah, to I each remember, other. I remember. Do you, know, do you remember when we started doing that? And it, it was, was when like, our, our friend, or my friend, and uh, first... Okay. Um, can we say his name? Yeah, sure. Why not? It's the uh, first name. Uh, yeah. Uh, Abdel Hadi yeah. came, came over from uh, the homeland. Lebanon. And then we... He, he didn't speak much English, so I started speaking to him in Arabic, and he has, you know. And I started speaking to him in Arabic, so... I've heard he had to speak with his family. And I heard Muhammad speak with his family, but as far as I was concerned, the Iraqi dialect was just a bunch of gibberish. Right, and it wasn't like me necessarily <laughs> speaking to Ihab, so it didn't really matter. Yeah, yeah. But it's, now, like, I'm communicating with Ihab and Abdul Hadi in Arabic and there's like and Abdul Hadi actually speaks in a third different accent yeah. that's different than mine and Muhammad so it was it was an experience you know um, I, I slowly learned uh, how the Khalili speak because it's it's also different Khalil is the city where I come from in English it's Hebron but yeah uh, so it was different it's a different dialect even even than most Palestinians 
uh, especially when your parents speak, it's so fast. And so I'm like, what, what just happened? So Muhammad, yeah, he would come over and my dad, um, is a very loud jokester. Yeah. And he's just like joking in his face the whole time. Right. And Muhammad's just like smiling and nodding. <laughs> I'm just looking for the punchline. I'm like looking for the, the, the teeth to show. And I'm like, okay, I think he's, I think we're in like, this is the time to laugh. I'm like, for- ah! <laughs> so when we first met, we were both 14. And I remember not understanding what your dad was saying at the time. Yeah. And I would just look for keywords like, you know, <laughs> and it's like, he must be asking me about how I'm doing. And right. so, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. <laughs> oh, he must be asking me about my dad. <laughs> he does it, little does he know he's insulting. I'm just kidding. <laughs> After a while, um, I could definitely like pick up the meanings of these different um, accents yeah. uh, that Same we both here. came from. But when we overlapped with Abdul Hadi, suddenly we were just like speaking to each. It was kind of, it was a little, there was a little bit of vulnerability in that. Like, I yeah, was, yeah. You know? I, like, yeah, it's true. Because it's like, <laughs> we don't do that in front of each other. And all of a sudden it's like a whole new personality came out. It's funny because that also is the case between me and my siblings. Oh. We only speak to, like, mostly English with each other. And when there's a situation where we have to speak in Arabic with each other, like uh, a mutual person that does not speak English is amongst us, it gets kind of awkward. It's yeah. not it's not the case anymore, but it was growing up. Sure. But it's so great to be able to... And we still did it growing up, kind of, when we yeah. wanted to talk about somebody right. who was around us. And it kind of... Like, I, w- I wasn't sure if he understood me or not. Yeah. It's like it's like as if like I like slightly like took off my pants, but my underwear <laughs> was still on, and you're just looking at me. It's not, it's not weird, because we're close like that, but it's still vulnerable. <laughs> like... This might not. No idea what you're saying. (laughs) Here, let me give you a demonstration. (laughs) No, please. Um, Anything? Actually, I don't know. Anything can go here. We're in a locked room. You know, nobody's around. I mean, we've known each other long enough. I think it's about that time. Yeah, I uh, I agree with you. I mean, this is the only thing we don't know about each other. There comes a time in two men's life when. They just need to be penciless together, I think. <laughs> well, I was talking about pencils. What? No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think of like something See, else. see the, the words that sound like other words is usually funny when we're joking with each other. Right. But remember, the rest of the world just thinks we're a bunch of idiots. <laughs> I, I still have a hard time understanding that because I think we're so freaking funny. Yeah, but I think a lot of times it's just us being silly. Yeah. But what I want to kind of end uh, the note of uh, the Arabic thing is that it was really cool um, to actually end up speaking Arabic in front of each other. Right. Um, and I, I had such a good time. And it was something that like was very, very helpful. I got to know Muhammad in a different way. Sure. I actually realized that Muhammad can speak Arabic very well. All and right. he understood it very well. And so did I. And it was, it's, it was a good amount of extra information and more exposure to our personalities that we would not have been able to do otherwise. It's true. It does add a layer of personality that we might have never known about about each other until that happened. Sure. I'm sure it was going to happen one way or another, but that was, that was the, the reason it did happen in the first place. But I remain with English because English is definitely an easier way for me to express myself. It's right. like... I don't know if it's my first language necessarily, but it's definitely the language that I speak in, that I think in, and I dream in. 
um, and I can type and talk and translate into English very, very quickly. Let so. me ask you, if you're counting money, like you have some cash in your hand and you're like counting real quick, what language is that in? That's in English, but, uh-huh. but and I did this today, actually, uh, when I take pictures of Arabic speaking people, I do count down in Arabic. Is it is it like a conscious thing or a subconscious thing? Total. I, I don't think about it too much. I think I, I become my dad suddenly <laughs> from like back in the day when That's our dad, funny. like my dad had his film camera. Because um, he's always like, and then that is like when the picture would happen. And then it's probably like, oh, I forgot to like rewind the. Uh, to advance the film. Advance the film. Learn proper film terminology. <laughs> rewind nerd. the VHS. Actually, actually, <laughs> you know. It's... I forgot to rewind the VHS before I returned it to Blockbuster. <laughs> oh, dude, those were good times. They were good times. They were good times. Uh, also, if you don't know what we're talking about, you're definitely too young for Ehab. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my goodness that's funny so uh yeah dude i think uh i think we could talk more about that another day but uh let's move into our first segment shall right, we let's do it all right so first topic we're gonna we're gonna start a little heavy shall we let's like, do it super super heavy with a segment called Who's Bombing Us Now? <laughs> who's... No. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that was a segment. Who's, bomb, who's bombing us today? Oh, today? Yeah. Now? Who's bombing us every day? <laughs> I mean, we can we can play around with this a little who, who, bit. Who the bomb? <laughs> <laughs> you the bomb. <laughs> Aw. All right, segment over. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> no, so we did this once before where we just talked about our respective, like countries of origin and, right and like what's going on and uh yesterday uh when i when i first landed in uh fairfax <laughs> from my car uh i brought up to muhammad something that i've been seeing in the news lately yeah it's the kurdish um independence yes yes and i was um i was uh, i was actually really curious to what muhammad thought um now i know most if not all like non-kurdish iraqis tend to have a certain opinion about Kurdish statehood. Right. But I actually wanted to hear it from the the mouth of somebody who comes from an American background and has like the ability and has had probably the ability to meet a sure. lot of Kurdish people, in, people in their life. Great people. Of course, you know. And I and so I'm I was curious to hear and then when I asked him, Muhammad, what do you think about this referendum about uh, seceding from Iraq for the for the uh, Iraqi uh, Kurdistan? Um, and he said, "It's a bunch of baloney." <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I, I okay. I have to, I have to make things clear real quick. I am not like necessarily the representative of Iraq. Like, I, I have that uh, heritage and Wait, origin. What? But to say that, like, I can speak on, on the same level as like my cousins living there, I can't. <laughs> but I can tell you what I what I feel for myself uh, living here and born and raised here. So I mean, whatever it is that you feel definitely has like a whole background of right. your family's experience, yep. what you heard growing up, and then what you heard like after you moved out of your sure. your house. And and I, I think I pretty much hold the same opinion as most of my family members back home when I say that I, I don't think that this is a this is a good thing. Um, it's also interesting to me that most of the international community thinks it's also not a good thing. Um, I don't think it's a good thing because people are, are celebrating the fact that, like, what what is it, 92% of... of 92% the, voted to secede. Right. Um, I mean, 
that's not surprising. If you ask any region of any country if they'd like to have their own independent state, most would probably say yes because they're pretty proud of who they are and think that they're you know everyone thinks they're the the the, the cahoots of the country. Uh, <laughs> the cahoots. I don't know. <laughs> Just say what you really meant, Mahmoud. The, the bomb diggity. <laughs> Diggity dog in the house. Yeah, they just think they're the no, coolest guy. On so the block. okay, fine. So Iraq has, a, a, as most many many Americans know, it has different factions, different sects, different cultures. Yeah, and um, that's also what makes it so beautiful. Like to see it like divide because of like this kind of. But but it's, it's the, ugly. The Kurdish situation is a little bit different though sure. because this is something that overlaps with more than just Iraq as a nation state. Like you also have Iran and Turkey. Oh, yeah. You know, playing here. with uh, a Kurdish minority that is trying to um, at least establish themselves and have a little bit of autonomy. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are, what is it, the largest ethnic group without a nation state? I don't know what that means. or I'm, I'm not sure of uh, the validity behind it. It could be very much possible. But um, yes, historically, they've been persecuted. Yes. That's, there's no doubt in that. We know about Saddam Hussein. We know about... Uh, Turkish uh, persecution of right. Kurds. Right. Uh, I'm sure Iran has had its sure. like level. But I and I also of have the minority. To, I also have to have an undertone of saying that some of it might be overplayed. Some of it might be actually underplayed. You know, there is some of that stuff. But nonetheless, there's, there has a there's history. resistance from the Kurds against the nation states as well. Yeah. You know. Yep. Uh, but, and, but, but we do know something about um, Iraqi uh, Kurds is that they do have. Autonomy, like what does that mean? Right, they have autonomy. They had their rights. They had like voting rights. I mean, for them to even have the power to do these like votes to consider to consider seceding was given to them by the Iraqi government to have these kind of like votes amongst you know their like control over municipalities, yes, airports, exactly, uh, like local governments, everything from like zoning laws to like everything. So it was. So why not secede if they already have the autonomy? So they're pretty much separated from Iraq anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, That's what I'm saying. Like, why not? Like, like even, for me, I don't have any like emotional stake here. You know, so oh, I'm I'm trying to think about things. Even though I'm an Arab and I know, like, and I've heard about uh, Kurds my whole life from other Iraqis, I don't have a stake here. So I look at this and I'm like, well, they're they're already autonomous. They have their own situation. They've been kicking ISIS ass like considerably. Yeah, you know, yeah. so they have this like very well trained militia. That's what really know? gives them a leg up here in this situation is mm-hmm. is, is, is the, that current news um, or semi current news is that they did they did have a big uh, influence in um, fighting ISIS. But think of this. Think of Arizona. We both come from Arizona. Mm-hmm. Arizona is a large state. You have places that are near the border of Mexico, which are really hot I and fully, dry. I fully support the seceding of Baja, Arizona, <laughs> southern Arizona from Uh-oh. the rest of... The rumor has begun. Um, actually, that is a thing. Um, it's a thing? Yeah. like So, uh, southern Arizona has like a different general uh, political ideology and or... Um, liberal tendencies com- sure. compared to the their northern ca- counterparts right. like in metropolitan phoenix and sure. you know and, and others and like basically the rural, capital also rural areas uh, yeah sure the rural areas and so there's been this push to like <laughs> yeah <laughs> to, be, to create baja arizona as a state by that's itself. interesting it's not a serious push but i've heard i've heard of it okay you know? um 
but my, but back to my point, what I was saying is that we're both from Arizona. Imagine if if Arizona's um, Tucson uh, decided from from the southern Arizona will secede, or no, sorry, other way around. Let's go to Flagstaff okay. and and above. Very different landscape, very different environment, very different. Everything's different. Just like in Iraq. The north is very uh, luscious and, and trees, and the environment is very different than the rest of Iraq. Say Flagstaff decided to secede. You'd be like, what the hell? Like, you have your own stuff there. Like, you got your own things going on. I mean, it's not the best comparison. I know, I know, but you just. Before all this stuff that what, happened. Okay, what do they gain? All this, what do they gain? from staying in Iraq if you were to argue with them to stay let's just go with, let's go there I mean a lot of it has to do with like stability of the region a lot of it has to do with like pride of being Iraqi and that, that heritage behind it and like so they share that heritage they share that heritage they're part of the Iraqi culture mm-hmm. like you can't talk about Iraqis without talking about Kurds you can't mm-hmm. you can't talk about a history of Iraq they've definitely been the about... underdogs though as from what I understand it's true but it's 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 the spice of life that Iraq has we have beautiful beautiful Christians in Iraq that are a major part of of what my city is made of where does your city Mosul mm-hmm. um, Mosul and you know the, the Iraqi Shias are very beautiful people that that you know are a huge part of our of our culture and sunnis as well so like I, it was one of our strong points it was to, before all the the violence is that look at look at all the like the divisions of of people through either religion or culture or whatever but we're still one people that's a beautiful thing yeah so you're you're kind of prioritizing unity over everything yeah especially in the current political climate and what's happening in syria and um i would say uh western iraq and and for me there's also a sense of divide and conquer yeah there's some of that going on i think there are more things to lose by seceding than than staying as one so you're, you're actually so you're concerned for the well-being of Kurds. It seems. Would you say that? I, I think that Kurds would I benefit. I don't know when this turned into an interview, by the way, yeah, where I'm I, like, but I'm like, I feel like I'm very interested to know, like, the real reasons behind what you're saying. I think the Kurds would benefit high, more, way more, by staying within Iraq than leaving. I get the overall appearance of how it looks like if you know if you're actually an Iraqi Kurd and you say, hey. I have a Kurdistan now. That's a big deal to say. Like mm-hmm. they've been fighting for that for a long time. They have. So I get that part, but but is that enough to like for to to um, jeopardize everything else? The stability of the region. The this is a lot, a lot at stake. There's I, a lot. I, there's I, a lot I, going I, on right now, yeah. maybe in the region. So I mean, I it, it this all of this is kind of. Um, I think this discussion is is. Uh, it might be helpful for me to understand what's going on, but I think it would be even more helpful if we had a Kurdish person just to be able to Absolutely. kind of like contrast Absolutely. what's going on because they'd be able to tell us a lot more yeah. about what Kurdistan means to them. Yeah. Um, I don't think that like... But you grew up in the world where even the word Kurdistan was like problematic Yeah. to say but, that. But, but it was a reality. It was a reality that that, 
that but, autonomous but region is that existed. true though like like the people you grew up with like yeah people are like why are you saying that and like we would see the Kurdish like for the longest time the Iraqi embassy here in Washington D.C. does not even have the flag of Iraq it has the flag of Kurdistan because really? because for the longest time the Iraqi government did not have like stability while the autonomous region of Kurdistan did ah okay and so they kind of held their own and I used to see that I'm like oh my god this is so weird yeah and so now that actually might be a reality where they actually have their own embassies and have their own uh, place so I, I just mean, personally I, I hear all this and I have one concern one primary concern is that Baghdad hopefully does not declare war on Kurdistan. That would be weird. I don't think they should. I don't think that should happen. Like, I think because re- recently, like, there's been this, like, push to close down the airports or at least hand them over to Baghdadi, like, um, control. Yep. yep. And I just feel like this has a tendency to go to a place of war. And we're already, like, just saturated in war in that region, yeah. it, whether it be Syria, uh, Free Syrian Army, ISIS, um, uh, the, the Baghdadi Maliki like government yeah. uh, you got the Kurds in the north the Turks right. you know I mean to be honest they're going to Iran. be screwed they're Hezbollah. going to they're I can go- keep going here yeah the, they're, that's that's what I mean by stability of the region they're going to be screwed because uh, there is a talk about um, closing off supplies from all ends because all sides of them don't agree okay Turkey, Iran and Iraq so it's definitely more complicated than the 10-minute segment, I would say. Right, right. But um, I guess we didn't get to anything of my own. Uh, yeah. Because Iraq is better and uh, no one cares about Palestine. <laughs> Thank you. Goodbye. Such a childish thing to say. Like, I like how we grew up with t- trying to, th- like, as if comparing, like, Iraq and Palestine in any way is going to lead to any proper discussion. It's, it's only because, like, so many people care about Palestine. I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> Well, you know, um, I could talk so much about the different uh, segments of society uh, in Palestine and how they relate to each other, but I think we're just going to have to push that to another day. So, uh, thankfully, there was nobody bombing us now. That's good. That's a good uh, thing. I mean, in this particular story, but you know, on a regular basis, we can definitely find at least sure. one or two bombs sure. that are going off on a regular basis. Um and that's very unfortunate. All right. So now that we bummed you out, let's move on to our next segment that's even more interesting. <laughs> How this is awkward. <laughs> NAK. Wait, why did you have to jump into it like that? We need to talk about it. No, dude. It's out there. It's uh, out there. We don't have to talk about anything, actually. We don't. We don't. And we, we probably shouldn't. We probably shouldn't. That's a good point. But... We did on a personal level, you and I. So for the world out there who does not know anything about uh, Muslim celebrity scholar drama, which is a niche. Oh, my God. For sure. Uh, oh, my love. <laughs> do you want to say anything about that? thing is, uh, it affected me when I heard the news. I okay, read it on news? Facebook. What news? read it on Facebook that there was uh, some scandalous, and it was very vague, some scandalous situation. Very vague. Uh, uh, with it's the, kind of annoyingly vague, actually. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, yeah. And then... Scandalous what? Sca- scandalous Tell thing. our listeners that don't know anything about anything. So, do you want me to tell them exactly what I know from, for today? Uh, briefly. Okay. So, there's an a, a incident where a famous um, Muslim 
teacher. He's not preacher. He's he does not consider himself an imam. He's never said that in, or or a sheikh. Or I'm not even sure if he has any like proper uh, certifications. certifications. No, he, he 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 just simply say, says that he's a teacher of the of Arabic and the Quran. Um, and his name is Nauman Ali Khan and NAK. Uh, he goes or he has the initials of NAK, and word was 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 spread around on Facebook that he had uh, some. Uh, uh, inappropriate extra, extramarital no, relationships no, no, with no, his... no that's not what it, it was very vague it was, it like, was yeah but from said, what we know today all it said was inappropriate interactions with women that's all we that's knew all, in the beginning that's all we knew in the beginning and we've come to know i i don't know if we did actually but let's just I, through through facebook there's there's like people that kind of elaborate a little bit more but mm-hmm. go ahead i mean I, we just need to be fair because I don't want to say anything that's like not. not the true. accusation, though, is out there, and we should. The accusation. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the accusation. Yeah. All of this is accusation. Right. Like, right. 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 There's no, like, there's no proper evidence for anything we're about to say. Right. You know, right. except for um, hearsay yeah. and some screenshots that have been leaked. Right. But basically, the general idea that all we, as far as we know, is that there was inappropriate. Uh, relationships with women that were close to him and or part students of his institute or part of his institute and everybody lost their shit yeah so some background this man is married and was, by everybody i mean like the muslim, muslim facebook <laughs> well i mean the, the word even got down to pakistan and even pakistan had it on their news what yeah man there's like there's so many oh because he's uh his pakistani american he has desi uh heritage yeah okay. So, he has some background. He has... He well, had, let's, let's avoid the background of who he is, but I want to hear more about your experience. Like, so, uh, so, I heard the news and I'm like... Because ah. honestly, honestly, this segment really isn't about him. Yeah. It's like, about like how we feel about it. Yeah. It's like the immediate like reaction and why. Yeah. So, I'm like, nah. Like, because, because I've never listened to this man. And it seems like you... I've listened to this man. I have respect for this man. I know that he's a major figure, but it's not like he's the most important person in the world to me. Yeah, me neither, as I already said. But it affected me more than I expected in the long run, like from that time till now. And the reason why I I say that is because like I heard the news. I'm like, nah, not true. Like not possible because that's convenient for us to to believe not yes. true because that the world that we we know it as we know it i would like to think that this is not just a muslim issue like whenever any sort of scandal comes out for any well-known beloved celebrity you just uh, kind of think it's not true it's not true like i want to hear it from him especially if you really like them yeah and you have some level of respect but for that person but uh, here's the thing this is a wound that has been there from a while back. Mm. Um, Tucson community and Arizona community in general has had accusations like this for a lot of their religious leaders in the Muslim community. And growing up, like that but it was, was always on the hush hush. Always on the hush hush, but it was always the same kind of like scenario. And so you had these young ma- men, married young men that were. Sheikhs or whatever. Sheikh scholars, imams. And they just can't, couldn't hold it in their pants. I know. It's not always like that, though. That's <laughs> the that's the overall idea, dude. No, it's, okay, so you had these uh, young, married or unmarried. Sometimes they were unmarried. Right. Sometimes they were married but had, like, wives away, you yeah, know? Yeah. 
who were interacting with the community in general, including uh, women of the community. And so with that comes uh, the possibility of, uh, like, I don't know, potential scandal. And I think the reason that happens a lot of the time is because these particular imams are not trained uh, to deal with... uh, issues of sexual harassment and how to like actually like avoid that and how to be professional and i think they just assume because he is a pious good man that he should know how to what his act, boundaries are yeah what his boundaries are and how to act with uh, men and women and what those dynamics should be and there is no training in that sense yeah. of how to do that especially in the multicultural uh, society like the one we live in and in terms of like accountability and being able to be um uh, like observed and held accountable like by the community like there isn't a structure really put in place they really do trust these people to just know how to be appropriate on their own even though a lot of established businesses have policies yeah. and have corporate, rules corporate rules and have yeah. laws about how these about how to approach uh uh, how men should approach women, how women should approach men, what kind of interactions they should have. In certain, in, in what's terms appropriate, what's, what's not. What's not. In ter- it's like a business thing, right? Yeah. Like it's just established business culture. Yeah. Um, and so uh, oftentimes that's missing. And so you, you were talking about Tucson. So a lot of that, those wounds come up again and I'm thinking, here we go. Here we go again. This We've is- had many imams in our lifetime that have been dismissed and 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 fired right but like it starts with the accusation mm-hmm. starts with the accusation and then here here we go again mm-hmm. and so i'm thinking like this is large scale you know this is not your like local imam mm. this is large scale so i'm like oh yo this, this is not gonna end well whether it be true or not it's just not gonna end well um it's still going on um but the thing is how how i took it was like it can't be like there's no way and then and then i'm like wait there is a way of course I've seen a it way. before this is like again and again and again and again it bothers me because i understand that we're humans like i get it we're all humans they can everyone can do this kind of thing there's nobody like perfect perfect or above all this and that kind of now what is me. this though we're talking about the abuse of positions the abuse of power yeah, the abuse uh, of power. Being inappropriate and in whatever capacity. I just think that that, that that position that most imams hold is pretty sacred and a lot of trust is put into that. That's true. And so when people violate it, they're violating the office of that position. They violate that position. But they're humans filling those positions. That's true. And so I get, I get that they might need help. They might need to figure out how to deal with these situations. Support, maybe. Support. Now, I'm not, not talking about support afterwards. I'm talking about preventative support. Right, right. They yeah. just don't know how to how to do deal with these kind of things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, just because somebody has went to university and, and learned all this knowledge about the Quran or Arabi or whatever the, that they're teaching doesn't necessarily give them a, a, the, best a people lic- skills. A, the best people skills, a license to teach. A, a license to to counsel right psychology like like uh to be able to give advice on marriage that's its own world and and it requires like considerable amount of expertise and training you know absolutely and oftentimes i would say that imams who are 
like specifically uh, trained in, in Sunnah and Quran uh, and are not equipped for any of that. Sure. sure. So, um, but I, I think that there's another aspect that we need to keep in mind here. Okay. Okay. Because I think a lot of people uh, in the midst of all this uh, have been focusing on the potential victims. The potential right. people who have been taken advantage of or are on the receiving end of inappropriate behavior. And I think that's why the publicity of this has kind of exploded is because they're trying to figure out who who has been affected from this. Sure. And what the actual story is, because honestly, we don't know. Right. It's irrelevant to our conversation here. Sure. Because for us, we're just talking about... Just the accusation uh, being thrown out there. Just the accusation being thrown out there. I do hope that the people that are being affected are receiving necessary support and they're being believed. Yeah. You know? yeah nothing Be- worse than not. Being because a lot of times um, in like in, in rape culture that we exist in, right. uh, that doesn't like at large, like in, in the general culture that we exist in, that does not take the word of uh, women who uh, have been abused. Um, that that culture doesn't lend itself to supporting those victims. Right. And um, oftentimes that does spill over into the Muslim community, and I think it's unfortunate. Sure. And we also have another aspect, a shameful aspect, something that tells us that we don't need to talk about this. We yeah. need to sweep it under the rug yeah. and try to hope that it's going away. And I, this may, there may have been uh, some lack of wisdom in terms of how this was leaked sure. per se. Um, but nonetheless, once it's out there, that I think this is a subject that we do need to talk about in terms of how do we prevent uh, abuse of office, as you say, yeah. or the abuse of the position of the imam in the future. How is this something to prevent, and how do how are we how can we screen these people? How can we investigate them further? And where like where does their authority stop? Yeah, you know we we see these examples not only in the Muslim society, we see it in Christian society with you know popes and fathers we see it no all societies i don't have to like lend them all out sure. now but it's unfortunate no matter which rich religion you see and it we in. are not exempt no we need to be able to be grown-ups about this identify it and kind of work on it and work on it and that's not necessarily um being slanderous or anything it's being uh true to the truth and true to justice because if something wrong has been committed then that then that needs to be accounted for. That there needs to be a, accountability of there. But here's something else, and I really really want to emphasize on this. There's been a lot of talk and a lot of uh, uh, slander and a lot of negative talk that's mm-hmm. been out there uh, that is completely unnecessary. In terms it's out of, of place, it's out of place because the reality is is that this all of this only should be within the realm of the imam, the people affected. The people who are directly, you know, in those circles. And that's it. Yeah. Because, honest to God, we don't know what happened. Sure. Even us talking about this isn't really necessary. But what It's is, definitely not helping. <laughs> yeah. But, 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 but what is an important conversation is what we're just tagging on at the end here, which is there needs to be that discussion of people in this office, that hold this office, no matter the religion, having the proper counsel and having the proper understanding of how to deal with these kind of circumstances and situations. One last thing I wanted to mention about this thing is that what also really deeply made me sad 
is my 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 underlying understanding of manlyhood and this kind of like brings this whole thing to kind of a different direction but not, it, not really it's very very uh relevant masculinity patriarchy like we're not it's so it's it makes we're not me so off. it makes me so upset to know that in the most like little word as possible we can't just can't hold it in our pants and i'm not saying that, that i'm not part of that system where like we have this men have this urge that they th- they think that they can entitled are entitled to just do whatever they they want to do we cannot say that these pre- people are bad people because if 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 it's just true pure evil because yeah they're pure evil or whatever you never know if it was any other human being any other man so to speak and that's in that in that shoes maybe they've done the same thing i i see where you're going with this i want to add on to something really important and i think that you're kind of doing this i think it's really important to acknowledge our privilege as men yeah especially in the muslim community and what that uh, what that entitles not entitles <laughs> I'm totally going against uh, no no it's fine okay. like, totally going against what I'm trying to say um, there is privilege to being a man in the Muslim community no doubt and I feel like you are now checking that privilege and kind of acknowledging it and thinking about it it's, it's so unfortunate to like to look at the like the 5,000 feet above and say men really want to do things like this and they can't control themselves and I'm part of that and like I don't want to be part of that I don't want to have that need to like yeah so here's what I'll tell you Muhammad it seems that you're acknowledging that you're part of the system that you're part of the patriarchy yeah that you're part of that mask that toxic masculine uh, culture right um, there is a, a lot of humanness in this like there's a lot error uh they're not ideal. Um, can't can't really change it overnight. It can't really change it overnight, but I think it's really important to, to maybe look at our own lives and see how how does that kind of behavior, everything that I just mentioned, affect my own life and yeah. how I treat people in my life, other men, other women. Yeah. And is there a way for me to learn more about how potential ways of abusing my own power and my own yeah. privilege yeah. that I can maybe withhold? And, um, or, or, or use that privilege to give voice to the un- underprivileged. Bazao, done deal. Yeah. You no, know? I, I totally agree. And that's, it goes back to making, you got to just make your own bed every morning. You, you got to do your <laughs> own thing. That's your, that's your duty to do what you can do to help the overall society. The, the prophetic tradition is like, you know, the, the ones in your direct circle first and then mm-hmm. you go from there. Absolutely. And so if there's anything about these kind of cases that bothers you, then I think first big question to ask is am how I am I contributing to this? Beautiful. And how can I, how can I change the way I behave? Yeah. Um, so that uh, I don't contribute more to this toxic culture. And you know what? We might evaluate ourselves right now and say, okay, I identify this, this, this needs to change. I'm starting today. But we're still human. We're still human. And we need to consistently check ourselves. Bizarre. And I'm saying that just for myself. Like, no, no. I just need to consistently check but, myself but to goes, make sure. That goes back to the whole idea of like the necessity of accountability yes. to these imams that are in power. 
Yes. Like they needs to be some there's, sort yeah, of Yeah, because there's more on the line. Yes. There's more on the line of than course. like yeah, and me and you. Although it these doesn't are, exempt me and you the, from doing stuff like that. These are spiritual leaders and I've definitely done a lot of things in my life that, you know, like that could easily be leaked, you sure, know, sure. just like any, any anybody. Yeah, and then people everybody's reading my own like personal messages and sure. trying to interpret things. I don't know the details of what happened in this man's life and I can see him as a man. Yeah, like he is myself, a man. He is a man. you know, yeah. that maybe has done things in, in like has done things in an inappropriate way, but still their business, you know, sure. and and if there has been some sort of injustice done, then that needs to be investigated on a case by case basis, evaluated through the that, proper channels through the proper channels. And it's like, but there's all, all we can do is there's check ourselves. so much that we can talk about yeah. this. Um, and there's so much to do uh, and so much work that needs to be done. Right. And I feel like you and I right now are reverting back to our like earlier, like, you know, we need to like change, the change world. and improve the community. And it's like, it's been such a long time since we come from, since right. we came from that place, man. But we, but we have to take it back to full circle and say, you're right. All we're, all we can do is be in charge of our domain and make sure that that stuff doesn't happen within within what we have control over sure i think uh i think that's a decent place for us to to end um this particular it's it was a hard one like uh, yeah, i yeah i but it, i, I the, feel like it was just like the the elephant in the room it needed to be discussed and, and brought up but the elephant is still very much in the room yeah and actually there was a few elephants in this <laughs> outside in this house <laughs> they have names <laughs> molly and jolly yeah um no, Muhammad's daughter has a lot of elephants. She's an yeah. elephant enthusiast at age two. I, I think it's weird when, like, when I remember when she was born, when when my daughter was born, or right before she was born, and we were like prepping her room, and we're like, all right, what what, what should we, um, what should we decorate? Like, what animal? What's the theme? I'm like, are we making that choice? How are we making that choice? Like, how do we know what she'll like? Maybe she won't wow, like elephants. How progressive of you! But then I was like, I guess we. Just, I guess this is just the start of me like influencing her life. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. And I think you're realizing every day that you have the responsibility of a whole human being. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. that's. I mean, I'm. I'm sure that's uh, very daunting. It's yeah. I mean, we do our best to like make her feel like, make her. Give her a little bit of autonomy. Yeah. That's been our favorite word this podcast. But she ain't Kurdish. <laughs> or maybe she is. Oh. Hamad will go back into his ancestry and be, and be like, what? Salahuddin Ayyubi was my grandfather? I need my own state. That's right, everybody. Salahuddin Ayyubi. That's pretty. Kurdish AF. <laughs> yeah. Also, biggest badass that ever lived. He is. Oh, man. He I is. have so much respect for Salahuddin. So let's wrap it up. I think we kind of like talked about everything that we wanted to talk about. Yep, 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 Thanks for listening again. We are the Amrikis. Amrikis. Tune in next time when we talk about more uncomfortable, weird, serious stuff. Woohoo. Yes, because that's what everybody wants to listen to, and everybody is listening to us so that we can talk about that. Comment what you think. Comment what you think we should talk about. Comment about anything you want to talk about. And or don't comment at all. I don't care. Yeah. And then if you actually made it all the way to the end, tell us that on the comments that you like grapefruit. That you like grapefruit. And we'll know that you listened all the way to the end. All right. <laughs> That's all you have to say. I like grapefruit. Yeah. And we'll give you a free shirt from Ahab's closet. I might also send you a grapefruit. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate your uh, following, and uh, we look forward to keep talking uh, at you. We love you, and good night. Ma salame. Ma salame.